Welcome to the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. I'm Sean Aylmer. There's plenty of fear on financial markets at the moment, and of course, a bit of greed too. Take Wall Street, for example. It's seen some big drops, but also a few gains amid plenty of concern and speculation over the potential for the world's largest economy to go into recession. With so much volatility over the past couple of weeks, I wanted to get an idea of what stocks and sectors on Wall Street we should be keeping an eye on. Remember, this is general information only, and you should get professional advice before making an investment decision. Josh Gilbert is a market analyst at Social Investment Network, eToro. Josh, welcome back to Fear and Greed. Thanks for having me back, Sean. It's a pleasure to be here. I love this theme of doing a fear and greed interview about the markets. It's fairly appropriate, I think. Absolutely. So, let's start with the fear part. What's been sold off? Yeah, well, look, I mean, ultimately, US inflation has, has sort of turned out to be pretty stickier than I think maybe the Federal Reserve had, had initially thought. Uh, and also, it's sort of taken investors by sort of surprise as well. So we are sort of starting to see that inflation number decline in the US. But ultimately, it's, it's as I say, stickier than, than had been imagined. And, and as you said, Sean, that sort of risk now is, is recession. And that's obviously climbing and obviously spreading that sort of market fear. So I think the biggest fear in markets right now is, is ultimately disruptive tech. Uh, that's sort of the, the, the area of the market that has really been sort of crushed. You know, when I say disruptive tech, we, the sort of the main theme there is to think something like ARC, right? Kathy Wood's sort of uh, real disruptive tech portfolio that she, sort of she has built. So Roblox, mm. Zoom, you know, Teledoc, these sorts of names. Um, they had really super high valuations. Their growth was sort of brought forward ultimately throughout the pandemic. And, and these names now have sort of really low cash flows. And the biggest risk here is obviously surviving a recession. You know, these companies aren't making money. They're going up against these tech behemoths that are just super cash rich. And most of those sort of, you know, tech behemoths have sort of been through these tough times before. Yeah. Having said that, there are still likely to be some opportunities amongst these assets. Um, disruptive tech is is exactly that, right? It's disruptive. It's yeah. here to sort yeah. of mix up industries. But there is obviously going to be a, a high level of risk to these assets because ultimately it's one of the riskiest sort of assets in the market sort of right now. And, and these companies will struggle in this environment. And, and that's the challenge. I think, you know, as I say, the, the main sort of example to probably use is, is Zoom, right? It was that sort of saviour of the pandemic essentially you know kept businesses connected globally then they've really started to struggle with obviously continuing to grow scaling that business has been the, the difficult part and now when we're in a position you know where actually businesses are, are sort of adjusting budgets they're struggling against sort of huge competition from let's say microsoft they've got obviously its team offering you've then got salesforce with its slack offering you know, and they've obviously got such a diverse business that's going to be really difficult. And so in that sense, I, I just sort of see it. It's hard to see a bright future um, for, for sort of names like that as, as sort of growth does start to dwindle. You mean is cash king at the moment? Companies that are, can, have got cash are making money in this sector in particular? Yeah, look, I mean, the, the idea here is, is that if, if you've got cash behind you in this market, you, you're pretty much able to weather anything, right? You, you're just classed as an all-weather all stock. So that's the sort of the, the, the struggle for these sort of disruptive companies is they haven't made much money now obviously the difficulty is as well is that we're getting sort of la lack of vc funding as well 
you know, these VC funds are, are sort of not willing to sort of throw money around as they were, obviously, during the pandemic. And that's also evident in the lack of IPOs that we've seen within the last sort of sort of 12 months as well. Um, obviously, Porsche was obviously, the, obviously went live in Europe overnight, but but that's obviously just sort of bucking the trend. So that's obviously not helped these, these disruptive names. And as I said, they're going to really sort of struggle in this current environment. Stay with me, Josh. We'll be back in a minute. I'm speaking to Josh Gilbert, market analyst at Social Investment Network, eToro. What about cryptos? We heard so much about cryptos. It's all gone a little bit quiet. Not that they've uh, fallen out of bed by any stretch of the imagination. Bitcoin, Ether, some of these bigger players still are quite valuable. What's your take on those? Yeah, so you're exactly right. Crypto has, has absolutely struggled. Not not necessarily. I think all crypto assets are are probably going to be in in sort of maybe the fear category right now. But I think ultimately the ones that are are going to be the the altcoins. So ultimately we we call them alter, alternative coins. So those that are outside of the the top assets such as Bitcoin and Ethereum. And ultimately they're being treated as any other risk asset, and that's come through the institutionalization that we've seen from the asset class over the last sort of 12, 18 months. You know, it's fantastic to have huge names within the industry, such as, say, BlackRock, uh, Fidelity, offering these assets to clients. And then also when we think of the bigger institutions, you know, they are now starting just to treat the asset um, and sell it off as they would if it was, say, a tech stock. And, and in that sense, it's meant that they felt the full pain of this market. You know, plenty of these assets are down sort of 70, 80 percent. So the, the best way to sort of think about it is to think of it as, as a startup in that sense. And that we know that a lot of startups fail. And that's probably going to be what we see with with altcoins. You know, blockchain projects are no different. There's some great value there and there's great technology behind a lot of projects. But as we said a moment ago, they're going to struggle in this environment because of the lack of funding that that's sort of really needed in this environment. And VCs are going to be very picky over this time. So I think the biggest fear amongst investors with these assets is that we might not have just seen the worst. We've obviously in in sort of the last sort of couple of weeks, we've just seen another new low from the S&P 500, which after we had that sort of rally in, in this sort of bear market, some probably thought we may have sort of seen that bottom already. But if we continue to sort of see this sort of greater financial tightening from sort of central banks, then this is going to have another, you know, bigger impact on these sort of high risk investments such as altcoins. So I think investors are probably choosing to stay away from the alternative coins at the moment, the alternative assets, and instead focus on the bigger assets such as Ethereum and Bitcoin, where they can see sort of the obvious use cases right now in this current market. And, and that's ultimately where the, the market is is moving and, and you know, that, that's, that's where investors are sort of choosing to park their cash. Okay, so we've got disruptive technology in the fear category. We've got altcoins, those away from the bigger guys in the fear category. Let's go to the greed category. What looks good? So I think we, we sort of touched on it a minute ago and it's it's a really difficult time to, to sort of try and navigate what to sort of be buying. I think in terms of our view sort of on markets right now is that we sort of see this as a U-shaped recovery. Um, so this is not going to be a V-shaped recovery as we sort of saw during the pandemic. We're going to probably start to see gradually lower inflation. It will be a bum- bumpy ride, but that will obviously de-risk markets and, and that will allow sort of higher risk assets to come through. In the short term, you know, there's a focus on sort of cheap and defensive assets to sort of have that sort of defensive setup. I mean, that's probably, you've had a, a lot of sort of analysts probably come on and say that, you know, sectors like healthcare, defensive styles like dividend yields, you know, th- those sorts of areas. But in terms of, you know, if you want to be greedy in this market, um, 
then we, we think sort of big tech is an area where you know there's there's focus you know as we said a minute ago they're down pretty badly they're ultimately recession proof with the, the amount of cash they have on their balance sheet the valuations have come down massively and then if we compare it back to say what we talked about a minute ago with disruptive tech they now have less competition from these sort of disruptive tech names and also the value there as well is that these big tech names have that cash to then potentially go into these disruptive tech names and actually you know take them over or buy them yeah, out yeah. you know there's great opportunities there so some of these big tech companies, I mean, their values have dropped and so suddenly they're back in the game if you're in the greed category. What about US banks? Are they also in that category? Yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, the banks have sort of been maybe overlooked, I think, in this market, especially US banks. You know, they're, they're down, you know, pretty, pretty badly actually year to date. And it's actually one of the cheapest sectors in market. You know, financials are trading at just 11 and a half times earnings. They've got massive cash levels. Their businesses are actually booming. You know, obviously interest rates are higher, which obviously means they're going to be making more money. But the underlying case right now is that markets just sort of don't really seem to, to sort of care. You know, the, the bank earnings that we had in Q2 were, were actually worse than sort of forecasted. But actually, we had expected that given that we had increased loan loss reserves on obviously the recession risks that were rising. And as I said a moment ago, fundamentals were strong. Net interest margin improved across every top bank. Loan balances were higher. And all these banks passed their annual stress tests showing that they can weather a downturn. And JP Morgan in Q2 actually said that the number of consumers defaulting on loans was lower than pre-COVID. So the risk there was was low. And and let's just say if we take JP Morgan as, as a great example, they're the largest US bank. They're trading at single digit forward earnings at just nine times. They are down 32% this year. And again, as underperformed against the broader market, that's obviously driven by those sort of recession fears, which we believe is overdone because look, a recession in the US, if we do get one, does look likely, but it's likely to be mild given the sort of the lack of bank, consumer and corporate imbalances. You know, if we think back to 2007 and how big the consumer and the banks were over leveraged, we're just simply not in that same sort of position. You said that um, JP Morgan's nine and a half times forward earnings. What's it normally at? I mean, this just gives us an idea of the scope of how discounted it is at the moment. Well, it's it's that's near half the sort of market multiple. So if we compare that to sort of the, the broader market, it's it's much lower. And as I say, that sort of the, the broader market is, is much cheaper. And and then obviously when we think about sort of the, the, bo- the bond yields that are soaring in, in that sense as well, JP Morgan have got a $4 trillion balance sheet. Um, that's going to make that more, more profitable. Loan rates are obviously rising a lot higher uh, and faster than what they are obviously paying the depositors right now. And then it's also paying a dividend of three and a half percent as well. So I think if we look at banks with, a, say, a glass half full sort of view and, and not empty, then some of these stocks are, are ones to definitely watch because I think they're going to be doing very well in a financial tightening cycle. And, and the bottom line is, is that there is just a really interesting risk reward ratio there um, in this sort of current market. And markets are you know, forward looking, right? And, and I just don't believe that right now markets are sort of picked up on this sort of opportunity that's maybe arising with banks. And again, sometimes if, you know, if, if, if markets do move and when JP Morgan does start to move, that that's probably a sign that markets are now starting to sort of care about these assets. And I, and I don't think it'll be long until that happens. Okay. So in the greed category, we've got big tech and US banks, but really you're talking about high quality, big tech and high quality US banks. Absolutely. Yep. Josh, thank you for talking to Fear and Greed. No, thank you, Sean.
That was Josh Gilbert, Market Analyst at Social Investment Network, eToro. This is the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. Remember, this information is general in nature and you should seek professional advice before making any investment decisions. Join us every morning for the full episode of Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Sean Elmer. Enjoy your day.